This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, my dear radio friend. How in the world are you? Well, I've just been praying for the folk who listen to this broadcast and praying, frankly, for myself that God would fill my heart with his spirit and put his love and his truth and his blessing even into the tone of my voice. (laughs) You can tell a lot by the tone of a person's voice, can you not? I tell you. (laughs) I think back to childhood days when someone would call me, you know, and it would be, Robert... And I would keep on playing, and then the, the call would come a little more stridently, Robert! <laughs> and I would delay a little longer, and then finally the tone of the voice would change, and there would be some gravel in it, and I knew I'd better respond. Oh, yes. You can tell a lot by what's in the voice, and so I pray that God might put his love and his blessing and his power even into the voice that is used to give out the word of God in these broadcasts. This is your good friend Bob Cook, and we're looking at Ephesians chapter 1. And the last time we got together, we were looking at verse 4, which said that God has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. I explained to you that that, uh, that phrase, foundation of the world, has in it the idea of tossing out or, or laying down uh, something in the original Greek verb, ekbalo. And uh, you, you have the visualization of a great God who in creation just, just, just measured things out. The Bible says he measured the stars with a span. A span is the distance between the end of your thumb and the end of your little finger when they're both extended. That's an anthropomorphism for what God did. Uh, you know, he, he did the creation without, without all of the effort that you and I might put into something like that. He just laid it out, and there it was. And before he ever did that, he planned for you. Your life, your name, your needs were in his plan before the foundation of the world. Now, what did he plan? He planned that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God's plan involves our relationship with him. That takes in the word holy and our relationship with others, and that takes in the word without blame. He wants you to be right with him and right with people, just to oversimplify the matter. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and thy neighbor as thyself. Same idea. All through the Bible, you'll have that dualism. Get right with God, get right with people. Love God, love people. Holy and without blame before him, in love. Now, that's where we were the last time we got together, and we just had started talking about this matter, holy and without blame in love. What is it that we're talking about? We're talking about divine love as the very essence of what characterizes our Christian life. I began to think about that, and and here are some of the thoughts that came to me in that regard. Love is commanded to us. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Deuteronomy 6, 5. A command. And uh, Deuteronomy uh, ten twelve says that it's required of us to love God. 
Our Lord Jesus gave a commandment in John 13, 34, a new commandment give I unto you that ye love one another. So it's love to God and love to people, and it's a command. In our culture, we think of love as more of an emotional something. We talk about falling in love. Well, that has overtones of erotic love, romantic love, and... uh, The sad thing about it is that if people base a marriage, for example, on romantic love only, they find that by and by those fires burn low and there isn't much left but the cold embers of memories of yesterday. And so then they say, well, we don't love each other anymore, so we will break up. Now that's happening in roughly half of all the homes in the U.S. today, breaking up. Nearly half of all the marriages end in divorce. A sad fact, isn't it? But that's how it is. Largely because we don't understand what it really means to love. Love is not only a romantic feeling. Love is an act of the will that determines your relationship with another person. It is active, voluntary seeking of the best for another person. By love, said uh, Paul in Galatians, serve one another. Faith works by love. Your relationship to God is determined upon your, your, your heart's willingness to say, I will love the Lord. And your relationship to people is determined by your voluntary step of willing to love another person. Now, if that's too heavy for you, you may, you may not receive it, you may shuck it off. You may say, oh, cook, you're, you're off base. But you, you'll know, if you think about it, that I'm telling you the truth. Love is not a feeling. Love is a determination and a relationship that is sustained by an exercise of the will. And when you continue to seek the best for another person, you are, in the very best sense, exhibiting love for that person. So it's commanded. And then it's provided for us in Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given unto us. When you become a Christian, a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in to dwell in your life. Now, it is your duty, according to Ephesians five eighteen, to open all the doors in your heart house and allow the Spirit of God to fill you. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So that's your duty and something that you must voluntarily respond to. But when you open your heart to Christ and make him your Lord, and he becomes then by faith your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes in to dwell in your life, in your heart house, we say. And he then it says in Romans 5, 5, sheds abroad in our hearts God's wonderful divine Calvary love. Love is provided. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to work it up. Now, anything I tell you, I've been there, and I know that every time I've waited before God until my eyes were wet and my heart was tender, my sins had been confessed, and my will was bent before him really praying and really yielding to God. Every time I've spent time with God that way, I have come away from the place of prayer with a vast and ineffable sense of God's love in my heart for those around me 
and for the lost everywhere. The Holy Spirit of God does that. The Bible says so, and he always lives up to his uh, billing, <laughs> one may say. The Bible says he sheds it abroad in our hearts. What you and I have to do is to wait before God until he has a chance to do it. There's so much debris in our spiritual uh, courtyard that has to be cleared out. And when finally the way is clear and God is enabled to work unimpeded, you become aware of his wonderful, wonderful love. Love is provided. And then, of course, love gets into action. I quoted Galatians 5, 6, to you, faith which worketh by love. And... Uh, you would think immediately of 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ constraineth us. The word constrain means makes us do what we do. Uh, the love of Christ makes us do what we do. The, the love that God puts in your heart, divine love, agape love, uh, working in your life uh, makes a difference. See, it's an interesting verb. The love of Christ uh, holds us along with. It's, it's a combination word, sun meaning with and echo to have, has us along with. It means it, it maintains us. It, it makes us do what we're doing. It constrains us. Another place, speaking of the Lord Jesus and his disciples, it said they constrained him to stay with them. What does that mean? They urged him and it resulted in action. That's what God does. He, he, uh, he applies the gentle pressure of his love that results in a difference in your conduct. Now, when that is true, what we've just been saying now, what happens? He says we're holy and without blame before him in love. When God's love works in your life, your relationship with him is right, and thus you have a holy life. And when God works in your heart through Calvary love, your relationship with people is right, and thus you have a blameless life. You're not getting in the way of anybody. You're not hindering them. You're not putting a stumbling block in their way, but you are helping them along the way. All right, now, this is all under the heading of spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. According, verse 4, he chose us. Then, verse 5, under the heading of spiritual blessings, predestinated us unto the adoption of children to Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, to choose somebody means to pick him out. To predestine a person means to make plans for the person you've picked out. And so we're faced with the fact that God has plans for us. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a desired end. We have God saying through the prophet, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The Lord shall guide thee continually, and thou shalt be like a watered garden whose waters fail not. What is this? Guidance. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. 
See, uh, both Old and New Testaments are, are full of promises that say God has plans for you and he will work them out if you'll let him. John chapter 6 has our Savior asking a question of the disciples, where are we going to buy bread that these may eat? This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. God has his plans laid. He knows what he wants to do. So, predestined means God made plans for you because he knew what's going to happen in your life. Don't stumble over this idea of, of predestination. God chose you because he knew what was going to happen down through the, the centuries. And foreknowledge, absolute knowledge of God. He's omniscient. He knows it all. And so he knew that you would respond to the message of the gospel. Because of that, he chose you, and then he made plans for you. Before he ever threw the stars out into space, he made plans for you, John Q. Citizen. And those plans involved belonging to his family, the adoption of children to himself. We've been adopted into the very family of God. And so Paul says now, uh, we're children and then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, Spirit himself, witnesses with us that we are the sons of God, and if sons, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And uh, that's Paul over in, in, uh, in Romans 8, and, in, and John, of course, in 1 John 2 says, or 1 John 3, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, and such we are. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Well, time is gone. Father God, have your way with us, and grant us thy perfect love in our hearts. I pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.